0: you want me to read what are you serious okay the following show features an asshole talking about things with reckless disregard for what the viewer and or listener may or may not think accordingly the producers of this show would like to insist that if any of the subject matter offends you that you kindly fuck off and or run naked backwards through a field of dicks thank you and enjoy the show
1: Hey guys. So I've been on vacation (laughs) and didn't do a podcast and didn't post anything. And that's just because I needed to get some stuff done and just to enjoy some time, not doing anything, including not working. So, uh, but I do have an episode today and it, it's, it's Ian Hosick who is in a, he's, he's fucking awesome. So, um, going forward I'm gonna do one to two episodes every week. And I'm gonna to try to alternate between like guys and girls in the sport. So this way I'm not like giving too much emphasis and attention to like males and too much females, although the females don't get really enough spotlight in the sport to begin with. But uh, this is uh, my interview with Ian where we talk about a lot of things. It's uh, full of ADD, ADHD. It, uh, it goes off topic a lot, which that's to be expected. It was a fun conversation and uh well Ian's always a great time so that's why I love working with him and uh working under him and I think that you're really going to enjoy this interview too even though it touches on a lot of things including uh spider pigs spider goats spider goats so well both spider pigs and spider goats so without further ado let's get into it i'm here with Ian Hosick who's making funny faces but i'm i'm outside i'm totally breaking like podcast rules and if the audio quality sucks so be it (laughs) there's birds bill there are birds and like eventually you'll probably hear a car alarm because apparently i live in not such a good area of the suburbs of indianapolis but oh well we can't all have like lovely acreage of um farmland and like places to live like in
0: driggs idaho which is where you're at yeah the chickens have stopped coming into our yard so that's good the lady clipped their wings because the neighbor chickens were eating the neighbor's gardens. So yeah, See, that's my life problems. For
1: a second, I thought that you were going to say that the lady, like the chickens stopped coming into our house. I thought that that's where.
0: No, our dog would eat them. Like he actually, he almost got one the other day. He, uh, they came in our yard and he like grabbed a hunk of tail feathers and ripped it out. And I like zapped the crap out of him and the chicken ran away. We saved it, but it learned not to come onto our property. <laughs> at the same time that chicken will be someone's dinner probably yeah yeah no I, the chicken was fine just lost some tail feathers survived another day yeah to lay more eggs
1: and so then you you zapped your dog does that mean that you keep like a shock collar on it at all times
0: when we're out in the yard because we don't have a fence or like we have a smaller pen area and then we have a fenced area and he's not great with strangers so he has a shock collar on him
1: So, Ian, lots of people know who you are, kind of, maybe. Maybe, I don't know about that. I mean, you did do very well at, like, Spartan Race World Championship, and then, like, you've been almost non-existent on the social feed, except for the occasional, like, you did some push-ups and burpees with Joe DeSena recently? Oh, yeah, Leonidas burpees. I don't like those. I never (laughs) do (laughs) push-ups. I'm going to have to like watch the video now because I've been tuned out from all of social media for the most part on vacation. And uh, I don't even know what Leonidas burpees are compared to like just regular burpees. It's like when you get up from the burpee, do you kick someone down an infinite hole?
0: Ooh, that'd be cool. That would that'd be. Be. That'd be really better. I uh, know it's two pushups at the bottom. So instead of like one pushup, you do two pushups at the bottom.
1: So it makes your boobies bigger.
0: It's a boob builder. <laughs> Does it work for people that have 1.5 boobs? I don't know what that is. Oh, I mean, you have two boobs. Just one of them is a little behind the other one. A little bit. Just a little bit, like right there. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you – do push-ups work for one-and-a-half-boobed individuals? I, I, I will find
1: out and let you know. Like, I like to do yeah. like, the close, like the elbows like right at the side push-ups mm-hmm. whenever I do the burpee. Also, it's, you're engaging more your tricep instead of your pecs, which are not normally very strong muscles. So mm-hmm. – I like I to keep them nice and tight.
0: Yeah, I just I I don't do pushups that often and I do everything in my power not to do burpees in races, so I don't practice them very. <laughs> actually, surprisingly. In real life, I do not I practice not to do burpees. I train not to do
1: burpees. I try really hard not to do burpees and that is actually how I rip- ruptured my pec muscle was Really trying not to do burpees. So <laughs> I feel like with two people that have ADD getting on a podcast, this is going to go nowhere fast.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> I was trying. i go wherever to, it takes. I, <laughs> I think, to, I, I, think the, I have a, ADHD, not ADD. Yeah, so I have, not, like, it's a blended spectrum. <laughs> we can talk about mental illness for a while, too we could <laughs> uh
1: but like let everyone who's listening uh, all five of them know who you are and like what you do and like you're back. like let's just let's just chat about who ian is
0: i'll give him a rundown the normal ian Hozik elevator speech uh so my name is ian Hozik. i grew up in montana 60 miles south of the canadian border um I currently am in life trying to be an off course racing professional, and I also have an endurance coaching business known as Hosick PE, which Bill is actually a coach on as well and an athlete, um, and I make people run faster for longer distances. Yes. Uh, I am quite eccentric at times and a little bit crazy um i really like outdoors and mountains which is why i moved to rural idaho uh, driggs idaho which is just west of jackson hole about 20 miles in the tetons and uh i have a dog named watson i'm married i don't know what that's about it that's like the quick elevator speech like
1: like 10 flights like you've gone up 10 floors and i feel that you've got a pretty good understanding of of who Ian Hosick is, but, like, let's dig into, like, one of the things that I try to, like, get people on, like, you know, people probably know who you are, or at least are becoming, like, acquainted with you through this podcast or any of the other podcasts that you've been on,
0: but what brought you to OCR? Uh, That's always a funny question because I didn't know it existed, and I did my first obstacle course race back in 2011, I want to say. Um, so I've been doing it for a while. I didn't get serious until twenty fifteen, twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen. Um, I was just running recreationally in college and then rock climbing a bunch. Um, and those were my passions. And someone mentioned, like, oh, there's this local mud run thing in You might be good at it or enjoy it. And I did it and I was obsessed with it. And then I got second in that first race, and they had another one kind of in the same series. And I trained really hard for it and I wanted to win it. So I came back and I won it. And it's still to my day. It's one of my things I like to humble brag about is a, uh, I actually beat a Norwegian special forces operative who was part of the SEAL team who like helped create the race. So that was pretty neat.
1: I feel like he created the race. He just gave himself an outlet to like get an easy, like pat on the back, like, you know, build oh, his confidence up and you got just- second
0: he got second it was tight
1: <laughs> you crushed him you crushed him literally at his own game
0: yeah but then they had a special shirt for the winner um and i go to greet all these seals who are like six four 195 pounds possibly over 200 and they give it to me and it, they're like this is the only one we made because we think it's like everyone would be like us who would finish the race or win it and it's like an xl or like this huge massive large shirt on me i still have it and i wear it occasionally because it makes me feel good but uh i thought that was pretty entertaining because i'm like the skinny little twerp of runner kid um and there's these high level military gentlemen I love that you have a nightgown
1: now, and that, you know, I'm surprised, like, did it have Sven's name on it, like, on the back? He's like, I didn't <laughs> think that I'd have to give this to anybody else.
0: Um, no, here. it it was, it was this, it was, like, the event t-shirt. They just had made, like, a unique one that was individual, um, and that's what they gave me.
1: So, you just, like, kind of mosey into this race, get second place the first time, and then, like, after that, like, did you find Spartan, like, a year later like how did how did because you're obviously you're sporting protein
0: i am i've been on it for a couple of years now um i think in like 20 so then i took a couple years off uh kind of got my life i took i did montana i think the first year it happened the montana sprint um i got lost because elliot got us lost if you know who elliot is I think it's McGregor, McGuire, something like that. Um, he ran off course. I followed him. We were in the lead by a hefty amount. And then I think I ended up finishing fifth or sixth or something like that. And after that, I started getting more serious. Uh, when I moved to Portland and I start I was working for Nike at the time started training more. Um, And then I went and did my first competitive race in Arizona. And I want to say that was 2014, Mm -hmm. possibly 2015. I don't know. Might have been early 2015. And went to Arizona, met Mark Botris. We were, him and I were winning the race until the last obstacle gauntlet, which was Herkhoist spear throw, uh, Tarzan swing barbed wire. In that amount of time, we had like a two minute gap. I think on Ian Dyerly. Uh, we dropped this, both of us failed the hercoist, did our burpees. Mark then failed the spear. I went to fin- go finish. Um, I had dropped back quite a ways and it was my first time ever going through barbed wire and I got so sick from rolling sideways that I like couldn't even see straight. And it wasn't even that long. I just I just couldn't do anything. And then I later learned that I got dropped even more places because i didn't do all my burpees and i've learned about the burpee penalty which is 30 seconds per burpee i've never missed a burpee since then um in terms of counting (laughs) but it was a it was an eye-opener and then i kind of i definitely got more competitive started training more um and been moving up the ranks instead for the past five years i guess
1: you, you really have you've consistently like progressed each year, and last year you finished top five in the world championship, and no kudos from anyone on that, except for like you know friends and family
0: <laughs> uh, i A lot of people were pretty stoked that I got top five, that was fun, and then last year, I was able to win the Mountain series, which was mm-hmm. something I had been looking forward to um, yeah, and I mean this year we've had one race I did terrible. So I'm ready for the season to kick back up again at some point safely. Maybe. Uh, whenever that will be. I don't know. I have no information. Don't ask me about it. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> talk talk to coronavirus. And, uh, yeah, it's right now just kind of running and playing in the mountains.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's so many different things I want to ask you. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, we don't know. Like, the Mountain Series is dead because they've canceled, like,
0: pretty much all the races that were in the Mountain Series. So, uh, I mean, or the, yeah, I don't know. The national series only has one race on the docket right now. They say there would be more, um, out of the five, we had Jacksonville and then coronavirus struck and they have West Virginia on the table, um, for the time being in August and then no other races scheduled. So I, I don't know what the rest of the year will look like. It, it'll be interesting and dynamic regardless.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so like if you've, if you've not heard, and I'm not talking to you, Ian, I'm talking to people who are, because <laughs> I know you've heard. Uh, if you're listening now, like there was a brief like 12 hour window where Spartan announced that there would be two US National Series races on the same weekend, one in Utah and one in West Virginia. For those people who live on the West Coast and wanted to make it to a mm-hmm. National Series race, but couldn't because travel during COVID-19, uh it's kind of like it sucks and it's not like a surefire thing. So they were gonna offer an East Coast and West Coast option. And then uh it just turns out that after they announced that, like 12 hours later, hey, um, so actually uh our bad. Uh is not gonna have a US National Series race anymore. And we're sorry that we just, you know, this was reported the other day. So uh outside of that, we've We've heard that there's going to be additional locations announced. I don't know where they're going to be. I would imagine that they're going to be uh, at these places that gave Spartan lots and lots of money to hold a race there, um, but who knows? And as Ian just said, like we don't know what's going to happen with the rest of the season or if there will be a rest of the season, but we do know for sure, as of right now, that West Virginia is on. They have advertised that as being the most confirmed hard fast race that people will have because West Virginia doesn't give a fuck and they just want the money
0: I mean it's that's the it's a similar concept why we just saw this past weekend in Jacksonville Florida um, they have the lowest group event restrictions um, so therefore you see like the um, GOPs having their convention there later in the year uh, and Spartan was able to have, I don't know how many people actually participated, but I was assume it was a couple thousand. Um, Pretty sure Matt B. Closed. Davis was going to have those numbers since he was there. Yeah. Does, do we know the numbers?
1: I, don't, I haven't looked into it. Uh, hmm. I've been busy parenting and doing other work. And so I will look into it later and probably like talk about that in the opening or closing of like, hey, there were like this many people there. But so let's actually, that's a, that's a good natural segue um we were talking about this before we started recording. How many people do you think are going to contract COVID 19 from the Jacksonville race?
0: I don't know. I I it, there is new research showing that people who are asymptomatic are aren't spreading it as much, um, which is a really good thing. Uh, but it also there's that, that window where you is pre-symptomatic where you are seeing a lot of people spread it. I know that. Texas and Arizona had a big uptick in cases recently, like a, a large amount. Um, I haven't heard anything from Florida. I don't know if they're just not publishing those numbers or what's going on. I would assume a handful of people. Um, but it also depends on like how many people showed up with coronavirus. I don't know where, what travel looked like. Uh, I would need more data, Bill. I can't just wing it. Feed I mean, me more data. You're a mad
1: wizard. I was relying on your magical powers to forecast this out. Wasn't the answer always forty-two? <laughs> or was it twenty-one? I feel like it was the magic number twenty-one. That movie with Jim Carrey.
0: I mean, it's a multiple of forty-two. Forty-two is a multiple of that. So, yeah.
1: Half of Jackie Robinson. Um, but I don't know where I was going with that. I can edit. It's a the- crime
0: number. It is, a, not, it is Well, it's not a prime number. It's a, What's it called? There's a special name for that. It's not prime. Uh, I can't remember. There's a name for it. It's an integer. It, it is an integer. Is an integer. <laughs> there are a lot of integers. <laughs> All of them, really? Well, there are infinite, you could say. You could argue there are infinite integers. <laughs> We're going
1: to talk the math. Math jargon with Ian Hosick. That's um, I, I love math. I do. Like, I love math too. I love that. Let's, let's, let's talk coaching. So I love that coaching is mainly mathematical.
0: Depends on the coach.
1: Depends on the coach. Like the good <laughs> ones. The. Good- There's a lot of coaches
0: who don't use math or science. Um, <laughs> Go on. That, that's, I mean, yeah, it, there, there are different, different styles of coaches out there. I am a very scientifically, based approach, uh, coach. And my methodology is all, is very heavily grounded in science. Um, it's a lot of heart rate training, but I mean, a lot of people will tell you to go by feel or RPE um, rate of perceived exertion. There's a lot of different methods out there. I think my method is pretty darn good. I don't know if it's the best and every athlete has individual, uh, like their their lifestyle and the way they train and what's going on um, in general is different. So for different athletes, we'll need different things. I will say that. Absolutely.
1: And so, one of the things that you kind of hinted to, like earlier, uh, that kind of want to bring back is you used to work for Nike. I did. So, like, talk about what you did at Nike and how, like, that did that build a foundation of like knowledge that like you've carried over into your training into your coaching.
0: I've signed a lot of NDAs saying I can't talk about what I did at Nike. (laughs) I didn't say, I didn't want to know specifically. I just said like, you clearly Um, have like. No, I I learned a ton at Nike. Um, And that's definitely, I had like a small understanding of athletics and physiology um, and nutrition. I worked at Hammer Nutrition, which is a sports nutrition company prior to working at Nike for about a year. um, Kind of dipped my feet in the waters there. And then at Nike, I got to work with some some of the best physiologists on the planet, sports physiologists, uh, the people who, um, if you've watched Kipchoge's Breaking 2 attempt Mm -hmm. on the first time around, uh, a lot of the people highlighted in that documentary are people I'm friends with. um, And that's where I got a good chunk of my education on sports physiology and athletic training uh, and then applied that to myself over the years and I finally was having conversations with high-level coaches and athletes realizing I knew a lot more than them Um, and coaching had always been kind of in the background of my head and I thought I'd give it a go turns out I was good at it my education uh, was very it had a very good foundation and from there I kind of uh, grew upwards and outwards and now it is where it is today so but like your degree isn't necessarily in kinesiology.
1: You have an engineering degree, right?
0: I have a materials engineering degree from Cal- California Polytechnic State University in San Luis Obispo. And whatever Mark Batras says, because he also went to Cal Poly, but he went to Cal Poly Pomona, we were the better school. <laughs> they're actually a satellite sister school of ours down in Pomona. Interesting. And so you were very, I remember you going out
1: to SLO for the Ultra there that, you know, was not a, an Ultra
0: or a race or an event. I went and looked at where it was going to be and wow, it was beautiful. I, I, that is a race course I really want to go back to and I'm very excited about when they have it.
1: In when, it, like, what is it, October, September, November? I think it's November. <laughs> I just I literally just like, you know, peppered a few months and I'm like it's it's gonna be in this three month window possibly if it happens.
0: Yeah. I mean if we'll see. I mean we could have a civil war at that point too.
1: <laughs> I I mean honestly, at the rate that 2020 has been going, it's probably gonna happen. Yeah. I'm that'll I, probably I happen like, more in January though. <laughs> it probably will. I'm just predicting aliens in uh July. So it really oh, they,
0: have you not already heard? The Pentagon released that UFOs exist.
1: I think think now they're preparing us for literally Independence Day.
0: I don't know. All they said is that they have UFO sightings and that is unidentified flying object. So we don't know if it's aliens. It's just a flying object that the Pentagon doesn't know what it is. So when a large flying object, Just like camps out over top
1: of the White House, New York City, major metropolitan areas. I think that you know, watching Will Smith movies, I've learned that it's time to go to Driggs, Idaho. No,
0: you find the crazy, crazy scientist person and have them like go send signals into the alien ship that goes out everywhere and destroys it.
1: It I feel like that's later. I feel like if you want to avoid the initial blast, you have to go out to rural America.
0: Oh yes, that is very true.
1: And then you launch the counterattack from there.
0: Although, be careful. There are a lot of places in the western U.S. that are rural, but we have a lot of missile silos and, like, nuclear silos for bombs that are over here.
1: (laughs) Okay, so once again, we got totally off (laughs) subject. In case you're wondering. Bringing it back, Planet Tangent. um, So you... (laughs) I don't even know what your question was. Uh, my question is, so how did you trans transition from your engineering degree into human performance?
0: Oh, engineering is all about performance and numbers. And like an engineer's job is to make, well, it depend- they have a lot of jobs there depending on how they work, but they design systems that are efficient or cost effective, or they're to do a specific job. Um in my mind, I look at the human body as a system and I'm designing my programming and training for performance. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a performance coach specifically in endurance athletics. So that leap wasn't that big for me. I've always been interested in athletics and biology in general. Um, Something I studied in college was called biomimicry, which is where you look to nature for inspiration and like mechanical or chemical or You look for the model based in nature because it has years and years and years and years and years millennia of evolution and when you do that for so long usually you get the best product out of it um spider silk is an example it's some of the lightest strongest material out there and we're actually back when i was in college they were putting spider genes in goats to help goat milk have spider enzyme spider silk enzymes that then they would take and process out of the goat milk but i <laughs> don't even know i got on that topic blew my mind um spider goats uh so transitioning from engineering to sports science and performance modeling wasn't that big of a leap it's still a lot it's still heavily heavily based in numbers and mm-hmm. science which is what my background is so when i read a high level uh, sports uh, performance modeling um, journal article, I can understand the math behind it. Whereas a lot of times, if you went with a kinesiology degree or um, one of sports science degree, that math you wouldn't get, especially at the higher levels.
1: Okay, yeah. I mean, most people that go with kinesiology degrees are gonna be like high school PE teachers.
0: Yeah, that, I mean, but also they don't go into calc four and no, like they, thermo, thermodynamics.
1: <laughs> they, they, they do, normally they don't. Like there's like, there's some sometimes chafing involved and that's probably the closest that they might get to thermodynamics.
0: That's more friction based. I mean, I wouldn't put that in chafing. That would be probably more, oh, where would I put that? That would be, uh oh, surface chemistry, which I did take as well. That yeah, stuff's I was, intense.
1: I was an arts major. Nice. I'm gonna have to edit out all these like segues. So it's just yeah, like, I just like don't
0: care. Just I leave them in. Who gives a shit?
1: <laughs> People who are listening, are like, wow, this is going nowhere. Except I'm getting some information every now and then. Ian's talking about spider goats. <laughs> I feel like that should be like something that's in a Marvel movie. More like I'm surprised that Sony doesn't buy the rights to that spider goats. I mean, spider pig's a thing. Spider is that was a really
0: good movie. I was impressed with that. I was impressed too. Yeah, that's the spider pig. Yeah, <laughs> you should just throw that just cold into
1: it. No, Be it. Like, that, that'll be, be the intro. That's going to be like whenever I share this to social media, that's going to be what it is right there. Like that was a yeah. really good movie. Yeah. So when did you decide after working for Hammer Nutrition and working at Nike that you were going to become a full time professional athlete slash coach
0: at Nike? Like the, it's a very unique culture. Um, I wasn't necessarily happy with my position there and how the company treated some employees. Um, they have a different system there for like people actually employed by Nike versus the contractors, um, who they bring in from the outside. Uh, and I had been on both parties. I initially started as a contractor and then eventually came a full-time Nike employee. Um, And I was starting to pursue uh, coaching on the side and doing a little bit of moonlighting um, while I was still working there and it picked up steam and I, it was, I was getting more clients, racing was going well. So it all kind of came together and that's, I had a lot of conversations with Stacy, my partner, um, about what I wanted to do. And we had, we had been discussing like what I wanted to do with my life for a long time and I'd never been able to figure it out. And that just felt right. Um, so I left my high paying job to go make a small amount of money and then try and race and make even a smaller amount of money. And uh, I, I really haven't looked back. I've been very happy with my life choices. Um, and I always tell people to pursue their dreams. And often you don't even know what your dreams are. And it sounds so cliche, but I, I took the leap and it's been so amazing. I'm very happy that I did that. Um, so for those of you listening if you're unhappy with your current work situation or where you live or life in general you have the power to change it right now we might be a little extra hard yeah with coronavirus happening but you can take steps to move forwards um i have a client who moves recently moved locations because they were unhappy with their life um and they didn't have enough trail access and they moved to a location where trails are easier the the job situation is better uh and they were a lot happier with it
1: that's good and so you've actually been doing like really well like you've uh, finished building your house in driggs idaho and you built it from scratch
0: yes i didn't i didn't build it. i was the general contractor so i did all of the managing side um working with the subcontractors but yeah whoever tells you building a house is easy they're liars <laughs> They are dirty liars. But you got
1: it done and you built it to your specifications and like you continue to make like improvements. Like I, I've seen that you've been like working on your home gym.
0: Oh yeah. I'm going to buy a sauna very I with the government stimulus check. I'm going to buy a sauna, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, our floor heat is heated. So we have hydronic tubing in the floor, which, oh, which wow. we actually laid ourselves. So in the winter you're walking around on a concrete slab but it's the warmest thing in the house, which feels really nice if you've never had that experience. if you w- That shocking experience of waking up and putting your feet on cold floor is the opposite for me. You wake up and put your feet on a heated floor.
1: So is it kind of like whenever you put like your hand in like warm water whenever you're like sleeping and it gives you that stimulus to pee? Is it, is it like that? Is I, there-
0: I, haven't, I haven't wet the bed since the floors have been heated. So I, I would say no, but I don't know. Yeah, you okay. never know.
1: You need to keep me posted if that ever changes.
0: Yeah, uh, that I will definitely let the world know if heated floors make you pee to the bed.
1: When was the last time you pooped your pants? I don't know why I decided to ask that. I just decided to.
0: Uh, that was during the ultra virus race on the first lap. I was 150 yards away from home and never trust a fart. It was, early, it was early in the morning. It was like, God, I don't even know, 6 a.m. And I had to go run five miles. And I hadn't, I hadn't done enough pre-race poops yet. And that one just kind of snuck out. It wasn't a big one. It just a little, but it did take a little tending to when I got Thank, home. My
1: goodness, it was the last 150. So it was just like a slight smidge. You probably threw those. Yeah. Comp- actually, knowing you, you probably did not throw those compression shorts out.
0: Oh, we just washed them and kept running. Yeah, <laughs> Why, what? What Why would you throw those out? They're perfectly good shorts, Bill. Perfectly good. <laughs> they only smell slightly. So I, I clean them quite well. I use wet wipes, and then I've used water. Oh, we have water here, and we have running water here in Driggs, Idaho. It's a big deal.
1: Not well water. Not well
0: water. Oh no! It is well water.
1: Oh, okay. So then. Okay. Okay. So it's it's running, but it's well water, but it's pumped up, and it's, so it's literally it's indoor plumbing. It's fresh from the Rockies. That's even better. You can drink straight from the faucet. Yes. So how have you been keeping yourself busy during the COVID-19 bullshit?
0: Uh, It's been a lot of, like, it's been house projects, a lot of house projects, and we're almost done. Like, we installed a wood stove, we installed the backyard fence, um, we did all of our trim inside, Uh, a lot of house projects. And, oh, we did concrete window sills, which is a thing. My mm-hmm. wife found out about those. And then we did—we like poured the molds in place. That was intense. Um, and now it's kind of getting back into the routine of things. It's, it hasn't changed a ton for me, minus the traveling is definitely limited for races. Yeah. Um, I normally work from home with my business and train all the time. Uh, I did, I've been training a little less, um, trying not to blow up too early for the year. And, uh, also working on coaching and my, um, that realm and platform as well. So as you
1: said, you've been like not training as much because you don't want to blow up towards the year. And we don't know when the year is going to resume outside of like maybe West Virginia. So a lot of people have kind of struggled with their motivation and whatnot during this whole pandemic nightmare. So like what, what specifically have you been doing or not doing like, you know, in terms of like your fitness coach, please (laughs) Please divulge.
0: Um, I, I, for at the start of it, so there was a, I was motivated at the start. We'll just kind of go through my whole timeline. Then I got unmotivated for like two weeks and didn't really do anything because I was just so frustrated by life and what was going on in the world. And then the ultra virus race happened and I got motivated to do that. So then I went and ran 55 miles, not necessarily trained for it. Got pretty gnarly Achilles tendonitis, spent the last four and a half weeks. I, for three weeks, I didn't run and started easing back into it and rehabbing. Mm -hmm. And then I started running about three weeks ago, four weeks ago again. And, uh, that's been great. I've been back running um right now my motivation is just to go be able to move through the mountains with efficiency and be able to enjoy it out there uh which not everyone gets the opportunity opportunity to do i definitely recognize that um so i'm not taking that for granted and there's a couple fkts i have my eyes on kind of a little later in the summer once the snow clears out maybe a big adventure there's a the teton traverse is like it's like around forty miles with like ten or to twelve thousand feet of gain. I want to say, that sounds like kind of fun at some point. That does sound like fun. Again, a sadistic kind of way. It'd be a long day. <laughs> it, w- it would be, but like you know, you you will get there.
1: I know there's no doubt in my mind that you will. And it it's, it does sound enjoyable that you have access to all these things, whereas I have access to um some riots and downtown protests and concrete, yeah. concrete and cornfields as far as the eye can see.
0: I mean, Bill, you have the power to change, like I said earlier. <laughs> Except Thank your job you. is there. I know your job is there. Yes,
1: along with someone else who's checking the fam out right now. Yes.
0: Yeah. Girls. So,
1: Ian, I feel like I'm going to get like a very interesting response to this. It's it's it might it might be wine. What's been your favorite COVID nineteen snack?
0: Snack. I've oh, what did I eat the other day? That was really good. I ate half a chocolate cake the other day. That was really good. German chocolate cake. It was gâteau à chocolat, which I I think it's French. It was really chocolatey and delicious. Um, I discovered this. So uh, Amy Schumer, the comedian, um, Mm -hmm. recently came out with a cooking show with her husband during COVID-19. They're isolated in their house and they're just filming it in their house and their their babysitter is actually part of the filming crew and it's hilarious um and one of the sections on the show is that they, they do drink mixes and they did a drink mix that was called Tinto de Verano where you take red wine mix it with like soda water uh a shot of um sweeter liqueur so uh, we used amaretto yeah. um there's other things like I- Not Bailey's. Uh, There's there's different options you can use, and then some citrusy stuff. So like an orange, some lemon juice, lime juice, Um, and then you ice that. And oh my gosh, that was really tasty. I drank, I drank it. It was, it was very good. (laughs) I love that. Like, hey, what's your favorite COVID nineteen
1: snack? Boo. As we're kind of wrapping up. Um, is there anything that you'd like to talk about or like share with everyone who's listening, all five people, uh, about like you, like things that you've learned are important, uh, in terms of your nutrition or training or whatnot for OCR or that's very broad and it's general. So you can just go with it.
0: No, no, no. I, I always, I, this is a good question. I have a couple things I always recommend for people. Um, one is if you want to get better at something, be consistent about it. You can't do half of it and then do all of it later and then flip flop all over the place. Be consistent, especially with your training. Um, that goes for nutrition as well. If you have a plan, stick to it, you're going to see the best results that way. Uh, secondly, also make sure to do the tiny things you're supposed to be doing. So that's like a series or all the strength training, um, mobility work. Essentially it's the small strength training. It's not like your main strength training workouts. Uh, as well as those mobility sessions where you're foam rolling, um, moving around, making sure everything is working how it's supposed to be. If you do those things, you'll see a lot of improvement um, across the board. Uh, I
1: just want to comment for everyone. I'm going to have to screenshot this. Like, I love that now there's this in the background.
0: Yeah, there's a cat playing with itself.
1: Going on a hood, licking himself. I know, I, I said his name and he just like, perked up um ian is there anyone that you'd like to drop like in terms of like not in terms of you know not dropping but like uh shout outs that you'd like to
0: give to
1: companies that you work with
0: oh yeah um salming footwear they're my uh go-to race shoes they're phenomenal um really good ground feel uh they got something for everyone i have ran races in brand new shoes before and have zero problems you're not supposed to do that but it's a testament to how good the shoes are because I did that, which you're not allowed to because I'm telling you you're not allowed to. But they're amazing shoes. Um, and then uh, Manuka Sport, which is a sports nutrition company I'm working with, and Darn Tough, they make awesome socks that don't give you blisters, even your, your feet have been wet for eight hours straight. which I've
1: So it sounds like if you have Darn Tough socks in a brand new pair of Salming you're
0: good to go. Exactly, you don't need, you can run around naked as long as you have those things. I I mean, Salming makes good apparel as well, but naked is probably the
1: best option. I think that there are actually races out there that that is actually what they pride themselves on. Just bring socks, shoes, and that's it, and you're good to race. Yeah, what else would you need? Exactly, yeah. I I mean, I want a little bit of support because I don't want this ginormous penis that
0: I have just like
1: poking my (laughs) eye out
0: while I run. Well, you know, that is a problem some people have, Bill. You got to be worried about stepping on things like that.
1: Ian, uh, thank you very much for being on. A uh, wonderful human being, an amazing coach, and a very good friend. Actually, I think I reversed all that. <laughs> I think I, I got the adjectives wrong. Uh, a wonderful person, an amazing coach, and just, like, the best of friends. So <laughs> I still didn't do it right, but you get the idea. Like, I understand. I got gotcha. <laughs> you. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Uh, thank you for being on. and. Uh, there will be more interviews with you as we go on, but one where we'll just talk purely about training and uh, maybe some in-person stuff if we ever decide to like, have like, real things in life. We can, we can cough on each other. We, we can. Like, we can touch things and like, not be in a personal safety bubble. Yeah, that sounds nice. It does. Let's, maybe West Virginia. Let's make it happen in West Virginia, right, Spartan? Well, take me home, West Virginia. Spartan is, uh, Spartan is actually not listening to this. If, if I anybody. doubt they will. No, they're too busy with, like, ruining things. Sorry. That was that was so negative. <laughs> Ian, thank you so much. I'll let you go do your things that you have to do, and I'll do my things that we have to do over here because adulting sucks, but it must be done. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I will see you when I see you with, with those shorty
0: shorts. Oh, yeah. They'll be short. I'll make sure of it. All right, brother. Thank you so much. See you, Bill. Peace.
1: So... We had some disturbances (laughs) during this episode, Uh, but that's that's just what happens. Sometimes whenever you're recording on Zoom, uh, my kids came and had some questions, and Ian had someone come and uh, had to deliver something to him. I believe it was a pesticide or an herbicide. I don't really remember off the top of my head, but it happens. So uh, still overall, uh, just a fun interview. And love chatting with Ian. Uh, check back uh, soon. Next week, I'll have another interview and another episode up. I don't know with who yet, but I, f- I know who I have targeted. I just need to, like, actually get them on the horn with me. So uh, thanks so much for checking us out, checking me out uh, on this podcast. If you're so inclined, leave me a review on iTunes. We're, we're officially, officially on iTunes now. Um, I didn't think that I I thought we were, but then we were not. And then I just got the like notification that we are. So I guess we're on iTunes officially now, instead of just it redirecting somewhere else. So if you want to leave a review, go ahead. If not, no big deal. Um, thanks for tuning in and more content coming soon, guys. OC, are you serious? Is brought to you by nobody, no one, because we're not going to be a corporate sellout. This is an unsponsored podcast for you guys the true fans of OCR.